I'm Steve Jones from Concert Pipeline, and today on the podcast uh, we have Dan from Augustana. Dan, how are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for uh, being on the show again. We appreciate of course, it. Of course. So it's been a long time since uh, since we've had you on the show. Well, uh, actually, showing on a hiatus for a number of years, so that would have something to do with it too. But <laughs> um, but we're coming to you from the Great American Music Hall in San Francisco, and um, actually, this is where I interviewed you like nine years ago. I wow. think it was. It was Crazy. a long time ago, and Crazy. I'm sure you've had a lot of stories since then. Oh, so. sure, sure, definitely. <laughs> so, um, so, um, before we talk about the band a little bit, um, let's get some plugs out of the way. Um, please follow Concert Pipeline on Twitter at Concert Pipeline, um, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Concert Pipeline Pod, and uh, subscribe to the podcast as well. We appreciate it. Um, we're going to start out with uh, some music news as well, uh, talk about a little uh, music stories that uh, are in the news right now. Um, so, let's hit that. These stories are brought to you by uh, antimusic.com forward slash day in rock. Um, the first story up is about Kurt Cobain, and uh, Kurt Cobain's been in the news a lot, I think probably because um, it's the 20th anniversary of uh, Nirvana, and um, and obviously they had a reunion um, down south and that sort of thing as they were inducted into the um, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, a newly revealed handwritten note found at the scene of Kurt Cobain's death uh, finds the Nirvana frontman uh, find his, finds his marriage vows to Courtney Love mocked. Um, according to CBS News, the note was found in Cobain's wallet um, after his body was discovered on April 8th, 1994. Um, uh, and so the note said, uh, uh, according to the report, um, do you, Kurt Cobain, take Courtney Michelle Love to be your lawful sh uh, shredded wife? And then it went on to say, even when she's a, a bitch with zits and uh, siphoning all your money for doping and whoring. You're, you're smiling. So. <laughs> that's, that's wild. That's yeah. wild. Uh, and, and this uh, kind of runs counter to his original suicide note in which he spoke of love in much fonder terms. I have uh, a goddess of a wife who sweats ambition and empathy. And so there's a lot of speculation and there's been a lot of talk over the years, of course, about, about their relationship sure. and her status with the band and, and all of that, right? So, yeah. Um, what, are, what are your thoughts, kind of, on, on that? <clears throat> well, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I'm just a casual observer from yeah. the outside. That's uh, that's the first I've heard of that. That's um, that's pretty wild, man. I mean, I mean, obviously, the the guy was in a rough place, you know. So yeah, who, yeah. who who really knows what was going on other than that's what I was the thinking. two of them, you know, were close bandmates and management and stuff. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Crazy. It's hard to tell, I because mean, I'm sure when obviously he did what he did to himself, you got to be going mm. through diff different sure. emotions every day. Of course, day, of course. right? So, wild, cra crazy stuff. Um, and so the uh, the next uh, news up is kind of like the status of rock music, which you might have you know opinion on as well. Um, Lincoln Park uh, says that today's rock sounds like Disney music. Um, they they kind of said that in an interview. Uh, I don't need to read the whole story, but he said there's so much music out there, and uh, and he turns on a rock station in LA, and it sounds like Disney commercial music, um, and he's confused by that. The dude from Foster the People was literally a jingle writer. No disrespect, but for me to make that stuff uh, uh, was kind of out of the question. Um, and kind of uh, Ozzy uh, kind of said the same thing in a, a news story today as well. He doesn't know who will carry on the rock flag um, in the future. Uh, he says, 
Uh, I honestly don't know who's going to carry on the flag in the future, but I wish someone would hurry up. None of us are getting any younger. Nowadays, I have a problem telling who's in the van and who's in the crew. No one looks like a rock star. Uh, yeah, so what, what are your thoughts funny. there? That's funny. Uh, I, uh, I, I take no sides. That's how I roll. I, I, am, a, I am a fan of all you know, facets and forms of music and songwriting. I think every thing has its place and its reason for existence out here. I mean, people are creating it for their own reasons. And, you know, I'm sure the guy from Foster the People isn't writing it for, you know, the guy from Lincoln Park and he's not writing it for him. They're writing it for themselves, you know, or whatever their reasons are. And um, I'm actually, um, I I'm really... I'm not really sure about the state of rock rock music. Um, I kind of just keep my head down and I just keep my eyes forward and shoulders back and kind of just stay in stay in my world and try to make sure that I I'm doing what I what I know how to do to the best of my just be the best Augustana that I can be, whatever that means year to year, you know. So I stay out of all that. Again, it's the first I've heard of that news. That's crazy. I know it's yeah. it's weird when they come out like that. And and I mean it's I think music has changed i mean a lot and i think a lot of doors have probably opened up because sure. you know with the youtube generation i mean and everything being digital going digital now i mean there's there's no you know no one standing at the door to stop you right no sure it's very true so. yeah well and it's and it's changed and it, and it will continue to change i mean <clears throat> i mean it's changed since i mean since it began i guess right it's always been an evolution i mean there was there's pivotal moments in in rock history for sure that are you know, you just talk. You were talking about the Nirvana, the 20th anniversary. I mean, that's a pivotal moment. You can go back to the New Wave era. You can go back to <clears throat> the classic rock era in the 70s and 60s, 50s. Elvis. I mean, you go. Back, I mean, each. You know, every 10 years, there's a big new kind of sweeping undercurrent that happens, and nobody really knows where it's going to come from. Yeah. Till it happens, you know. I know, right? Yeah. So. <laughs>
And so uh, when you started Augustana uh, uh, eons ago, right? I mean, right, you've been right. playing in, uh, Augustana for a long time. About ten, um, yeah, 10 years now, 12 years. Now. Yeah. So where do you, uh, kind of going off that, where, do you, where have you seen kind of music go? Where has it kind of gone for you with the band uh, since you started Augustana? I, th I think it's taken a number of turns. Um, I don't believe I've ever really followed <clears throat> any particular um, sonic or songwriting trends per se. I'm sure I've subconsciously been influenced by some of our contemporaries, but um, uh, I've always tried to, whatever it is that I'm feeling at that moment, writing, I've always tried to stay really true to that. And I think naturally your influences, you know, persuade you in a certain way from your youth, from what you listened to growing up and things like that. And those will probably always kind of be there. But I think... I think in a lot of ways the band, the band has the band's sound and songwriting style hasn't changed drastically since really since the second album. I'd say the first album is the biggest departure, or is the is our first jump out there. Yeah, I don't think I was as confident in my songwriting abilities at that point. I do I do like a lot of the songs on there, but some of the delivery is not my favorite. But I still stand behind it, and I'm I'm very fortunate and proud to have been able to do that at such a young age but um uh, i'm very very I'm a little bit more confident now in sort of my delivery and, and who who i am what i stand for and the kinds of things i want to write and but that's just a natural thing that comes with age you know i wrote that album when i was 19 you know there's no experience at all you know yeah. like, you know everything you know now i'm 29 i know i i don't know anything so <laughs> you got to that point now right exactly <laughs> And so when you're at kind of at that point of feeling like, you know, I don't really know anything, but you get, you're getting that confidence as well. Sure. Uh, you know. Confidence in not knowing anything. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Feels great. So how, how do you go into kind of writing for an album, like your, your new album, Life Imitating Life? Well, it was, um, it was a little bit different because this time it didn't um, involve a full slate of band members. Um, always took that into account in the past. Um, tried to finish songs off with them and really get um, their influence on, you know, guitar licks and bridges and little, like, kind of corner pieces of songs and things that would really, you know, um, kind of distinguish each song for, you know, for each band member. Um, and then, and then obviously, you know, that kind of dissolved about, you know, two and a half, three years ago. And then, so this, so I, when I decided to continue to do this with Augustana, it was, um, it was a bit of a challenge, but but a welcome one. I was I had never really um, done uh, <clears throat> I never really done anything on my own before, um, and so uh, you know from a production and writing standpoint. So um, uh, it was a it was a challenge, but I was I was uh, really excited to handle it. You know. So uh, so you said um, two and a half three years ago you kind of cr crossed this path and uh, and it kind of took you to this venture where you're you're doing you know a lot yourself. I mean, what well, kind of inspired uh, that change? Well, as far as the sort of the reason behind the breakup, essentially, um, it was a it was a, a as 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 uh, Chris Martin's ex-wife Gwyneth Paltrow says uh, it was a conscious uncoupling. You know, it, and it was. It was a mutual, <clears throat> a mutual um, agreement to part ways 
as as a band as 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 like dudes in a band that were gonna tour and make records together as friends as people that didn't change we all just wanted to do something a little different and they've all moved on to uh you know jared's playing in bad, bad things, things with yeah. with sean white he's doing great and um our guitar player chris went back to usc law school justin our drummer is uh he's married he's having a baby he started a hot sauce company in orange county and and surfing and it's great man he's got a great great career path as well and um and then when i you know when i when i kept it up um i uh, i just it felt it felt right it felt a little weird at first but it felt right essentially and um <clears throat> and I've and I've been really happy with with the record that we made, you know. Cool. And so, how has uh, this tour uh, been so far with uh, Twin Twin Forks? <clears throat> it's been fantastic. Uh, you know, Chris, you just met Chris. He's he, Chris Caraba. He's a he's a superstar. You know, um, he knows what he's doing, and he's he's known for a long time. And um, it's always an honor to share the stage with him. And then uh, you know. Uh, as far as you know, as far as my band's concerned, up there, I mean, I definitely feel great. Um, the sets feel great. Uh, the crowd has been fantastic every night. Um, lots of really good surprises out there. So, um, uh, feel, feeling really good. Very happy to be back out there with a new album for sure. Yeah. So, uh, do you have a, like um, a touring band right now? Yeah, I have some guys. I've, my guitar player's been playing with me for for quite a few years now, and I called up a couple dudes to um, fill in for this tour, and um, kind of having sort of a revolving cast of characters and players that um, I've sort of allotted over the years, um, just for certain dates that some guys can do and can't do, and um, they're all very researched, and they show up and they play along, you know, as if they're in the band, and it's very it's very comfortable, so. Cool. And so I know um, in the past years you've uh, you've kind of become friends with the guys from Counting Crows as sure. well, right? right. And, and you've done some unique things that with them, like where you kind of perform together, sort of thing. Can you tell me a little mm -hmm. bit about that? Yeah, well, I mean, those were some great tours. I mean, um, the you know uh, Adam and uh, you know Dan Vickery, Charlie Gillingham, Jim Boges, Emmy, uh, uh, David Immergluck. Um, everybody's. Uh, super super talented and they were really kind to us they brought us out on god i think like four tours over the course of like four summers and um uh we learned a lot from them certainly both as you know just you know people and you know adults and uh, in this industry that have, they've been around a long time there's a lot to soak up there um about survival you know uh and how to put your best foot forward every night. And, uh, you know, Adam Dirtz, I grew up with him as a, you know, certainly a, a musical iconic hero, f you know, f for me. And so to be able to kind of connect those dots down the road, you know, um, that was a really big, really big deal for me. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it was fantastic. Yeah. That was very cool. And. Uh, so, what are some kind of stories from the road? Obviously, you you got a bunch of guys in a van. You're right. you're traveling around the country, and uh, you have to have 
you know, I do interesting have a, things that come up. I do have a pretty good one. Uh, just recently in Atlanta, we got stuck. <laughs> got stuck in a parking garage, man, after the show. Oh, no. It's the same parking garage that tore up the top of our trailer last time and I and this time I was like okay the trailer's a little lower this time you know it's gonna work out but oh man it was like 2.30 in the morning and there was this kind of kind of crazy dude down there in the parking who lived in the parking garage and he was kind of giving us a hard time and he was, wanted some cash and wanted a little more cash and uh-uh. and I was it was dude it took us about 45 minutes or an hour to get out of there and we just barely made it we barely cleared all the little corners and ceilings that we needed to i just was like i don't know what i'm gonna do if this thing is stuck i mean we're gonna deflate the tires i don't know right i don't know i, I just was i was melting down i was melting down it was crazy <laughs> those are those things on tour where you're just like oh man that's what that's what wears you down it's those things it's not the great shows it's yeah. not the, not even the driving it's like it's the getting stuck in the parking garage thing at two in the morning we're like what am i gonna do if this thing is stuck it's funny because it's you know pr- probably so draining but it's also the pieces that you remember probably sure exactly well, right? now it's funny yeah you, now you it's great because we made it all the way to san francisco we're fun yeah that night <laughs>
so, uh, so what are your favorite songs to, to play live? The ones that you kind of really get into and can kind of feel even after all these years as a, a band? Well, I, you know, to be to be honest, I really do really still connect with a lot with with a great portion of the material. Um, I think you know, Jay, my guitar player, he kind of told me an interesting thing when he said um, he's like, you know, as long as you felt it at the time, you can always reconnect and sort of get you know get back to that you know because although i may not feel the same things now at 29 that i did at 22 or act the same way or write the same way or sing the same way um there was one time that i felt that way so it doesn't take much digging to sort of bring that back up and feel that same kind of you know spirit and so um i really through the whole back catalog up through the new record i feel um, like I'm able to connect with all these songs live and and uh, appreciate them for their time and what they've done, what they've been to me in my life and my career and, and other people's lives out there and and how they've connected to it over the years. And, you know, it always it's always very refreshing to see them respond to something that's you know eight years old or nine or ten years old, you know, whatever it is. Right, so. and and so. Um, being able to connect with those songs and uh, tell me uh, with Boston sure. obviously that did a lot for right. you know you and your career got a lot of radio play and, totally um, and so kind of where do you see that you know now how does that affect you and what's funny I went through you know after that song did what it did I, I was not, I was not quite at an age where I could really appreciate just how fortunate you are to have just one of those um, and even just one of those even close to how sort of um, widespread that became and um, so you know you're always naturally if you're, if you're 20 years old you think well there's going to be more you're of gonna, course gonna there's going to be 20 more then there's going to be four there's going to be the greatest hits in the next 10 years of course you know and you know, little did I know <laughs> you know that you know, I just struck the lucky gold with timing with the label and things like that. I think I've written songs since then that feel as important as that one to me. I uh, but they haven't connected to a wider audience like that one has, and it's always sort of an enigma to me. I think about it a lot, and I go, I wonder what it was about that song, and uh, not as in I need to write it again, but just sort of kind of in awe and kind of. They're just kind of in wonderment. Wow, that's really a, it's really special, man. I wonder why that was, and 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 I'm just grateful for it now. After a few years of being very uh, disheartened and and sort of angry at it, yeah, which is silly. Cause well, that's, I think a lot of bands probably go through that yeah. as well. I mean, it's oh, like, I'm the yeah, I'm the, hey, there's Boston lucky. guy, you know, yeah, and it's like ah, right. oh, no, I got more than that, and it's like, but then you then you. I actually heard an interview with uh, with this dude, uh, the guy who did uh, Big Butts, you uh, know, Big yeah. Butts at a Canada. Yeah. yeah, exactly, yeah. Sir Mix-a-Lot. And he's like, somebody's like, you know, you ever get bummed out that that's kind of like, you know, what <laughs> people, right? yeah, what yeah. people know you for, kind of in, in general, anyways. And he's like, he's like, no way, man. He's like, that song, like, that song, like, the whole reason I'm here, you know, like, created my whole career. Like, I owe everything to that. And then when I heard that, I was like. All right, dude. I think I can get. 
I think I can get yeah. over my one my one hit thing. Right. You know, it'd be like I'm I'm lucky to have a widespread known song like that, and just you know, hey, if it happens again, that's great. But I really am just more interested in connecting with a select group of people that need to be connected with, and that's and then that works for me. You know. And it's good to kind of get to that point. I mean, years ago, I interviewed the Proclaimers as well, and obviously they have 500 miles. That right. They, right. Is their yeah, absolutely. Kind of staple, and they're not. They they can't get past that, right? I mean, right. But they still tour. They still produce new music. They still do their thing and enjoy it. And so they yeah. came to that that point as well. Totally. And uh, and so I think it's. I mean, I think it's good to kind of take it absolutely. for what it I is. Mean, and so, I mean, how many people get that lucky? You know. Yeah. It's like people, you know, kill, give anything for that. You know, yeah, and you get to play something you know that will make people happy. You totally. get everybody singing along, and there is nothing wrong with that it, at all. Exactly, and so as you, um, ten you know ten plus years later, kind of you know move to you know another chapter um, mm -hmm. in um, the Augustana career, right? Mm -hmm. um, like, do you do you find yourself uh, go, going you go into the studio saying, okay, you know, I need this to be a little more poppy, or I need this to to be a little more of this or that, or do you just kind of let it flow towards what works for you? Yeah, you know, in the past, I think I was more conscious of what genre it was going to sit in, how catchy it was, how melodic, how uh, pop friendly or anti-pop it was, you know, all those things. Sometimes it took me out of my element, and I and I feel um, like this time I let all of that go, and I just went, look, man, this is the song that's naturally coming out. So however that's perceived or heard by any kind of demographic, that's what it is. I mean, I can't change that. And I think I think the one thing that songwriters and artists have going for them, or at least that I know that I have going for me, is as long as I'm just being strictly authentic and I mean you, you're still working hard and you're still making sure that that's quality you know hopefully but which isn't always the case but as you know I think there's something to really be said for authenticity and a gut check and really being straightforward with with that piece of you know music melody song lyric whatever it is I think that's 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 the only thing you can be sure of, you know. Otherwise, you know, the other elements, man, you're just throwing a shot in the dark. There's no you, you have no idea how it's gonna land, you know. You could write the biggest sounding pop song in the world and fall on flat ears because it's the wrong timing, it's the wrong lyric, it's the wrong label, it's the wrong key, you know, whatever it is. There's so many elements, you know. So I think the one thing that you can control is that and I, I think that's just kind of what I tried to do here is just not not think as much. Yeah, get out of your head a yeah. little bit, right? Yeah. Well, get in deep get in deep on the lyrics. In, in a part get in right, deep right. on the feeling but not on the you know, the outside elements once it was there and I felt like okay, I said my piece then let it go. You know what I mean? You still have to really work on the inside to get it right. But Yeah. And uh, so, you, uh, like I said, we're here in San Francisco at the Great American Music Hall. And so what time did you roll into the city today? Oh, we uh, drove overnight. So that's why I sound a little extra tired right now. Oh, wow. So, yeah, we did a little radio thing. And um, not getting a ton of sleep out here on the road, but we're just trying to get as much done out here as we can. Do you, you know? take turns driving? or? Generally, 
I do most of the driving, but uh, I've had the these these guys have uh, chipped in and offered to drive a little bit. It's been really nice. So good. That's yeah. it's important to get some sleep. You got <laughs> Yeah, van sleep is. It's not still the not real sleep, you know. <laughs> uh, but it's but it's better than not yeah. any sleep. So. How long can you last uh, like on the road like that? Like not long, man. Yeah, I could do about four weeks, and and I'm I mean we're about like twelve days, uh, eleven to twelve days in right now, and I'm uh, I'm I'm feeling a little bit exhausted, but I'm. It's strange when I get. I mean, that's all. That's the twenty-two hours. That we're not on stage, and then the two that we are, I feel like you know, 150 percent, and then it's over, and then it's like, bam, and then you're back just down. like, damn, man, back down. But that's what they do for you out there. They make you feel, you know, like you can do it. You know, yeah. it's great. I, well, I can't relate to the the, the tour bus, you know, kind of th- uh, no. lifestyle. You know, well, I can neither really, can I. <laughs> tour I, van. Tour lifestyle. van, yeah, tour van. I'll give you that lifestyle. Yeah, I can kind of. Really, to the lack of sleep. I think it's yeah. well, it's been six months now since I've gotten a full night's sleep, probably because I have a wow. six-month-old son. Oh, congratulations! Uh, uh, he's six months tonight, actually. But That's um, but yeah, I think I don't know if it's one of the first times I saw you, but you were on stage, and I think you were going to propose to your your uh, your girl who was pregnant at the yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, mm, we have three kids now. I was going to ask. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How it's are crazy. You? Yeah, we've been married for. Uh, six some odd years i believe six and a half years been together for 10 and um yeah we've uh, we've got a seven-year-old four-year-old and two-year-old girl boy girl it's awesome we just moved to tennessee from uh from los angeles and just couldn't be happier it's amazing how is the parent life in retrospect in you know kind of in comparison to touring. the touring like how do you do it's that you facetime a lot very very similar to be honest as far as the parent life and the tour life i mean my wife stays home with the kids and and uh she rocks it man and and i've been there and i've done it she was working for a little while when we were kind of on some downtime between the band you know sort of breaking up and the new and writing and stuff like that she was working a bunch and then i was staying home with the uh, with the three kids and it was uh it was wild man i mean it's a huge job and and honestly when i'm home even with the two of us it's a huge job um except it's amazing. It's yeah. kind of it's oh, yeah. kind of just like tour, to be honest. It's like there's those moments, like you know, 20 hours of the day can be really trying, but then there's like those moments where <laughs> it, make it, all it, it all make it makes it all worth it, and that's just like the shows. And probably about the same amount of sleep as you're getting, uh-huh. you know. It's, it's very similar, yeah. actually. I have a four-year-old daughter. Well, she's about to be four, also. That's and, great. And so, I mean, just seeing her and her, her taking everything in the world, and I mean, I'm sure you've you've imagined it. Oh yeah. I mean, you've had it as well, right? Totally. I mean, but yeah. it's, it's just insane that you brought this into the world. Oh yeah, dude, it's wild. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, my uh, seven-year-old, she's already, she already knows how to play Boston. It's already. Her favorite song too. Great. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Just right. No, she wants to play it at the talent show and stuff. It's really cute. And then uh, she's a jamming piano player. She's doing really well. She's playing some of the new songs too. She's like, Dad, come check this out. Oh, that's like, awesome. Wow. Does she hang out with you in the studio? Uh, yeah, I just have a little setup, a little piano in the house, and we'll st- and not not necessarily like a studio, but I do some recording there and stuff. And um, and uh, yeah, we just sit together and play some piano and stuff. And, uh, we're all really so proud of So you've taught her a lot of it, right? No, actually. She's kind of doing it the way that I learned only about 10 years sooner than I did, which makes me nervous. Cause I'm like, great. Here we <laughs> go. Where's she going to be in the Yeah, here we go, dude. Yeah. I can see myself tour managing. 
her band in, in eight years. Here we go, dude, back in the band. Uh-huh. Her her opening, or you you are you gonna headline those shows? Yeah, she, oh, oh, I'm supporting for sure. Yeah, she's she'll be the star, dude. She's way better looking than I am. I, I know. I don't know where my kids got their jeans because it's not for me, but. <laughs> awesome man very cool and uh just to kind of wrap it up i wanted yeah. to you know really thank you for your music because it's played a you know big part in my life and oh, i mean it's inspired me a lot and i mean i proposed to my wife on stage at your show at the Fillmore. oh that's amazing um, dude. seven years ago yeah that's uh, incredible um yeah, with dirt and wild or- uh, yeah. sweet orange's set and yeah dude you're not gonna believe this you're not gonna believe this we're driving down the van. We're driving down, uh, like, uh, I want to say, I don't know which interstate it was, but we were in Alabama. This is like eight, nine days ago. Mm-hmm. You bring up Wild Sweet Orange. I'm driving, and Jay's in the passenger seat, and he looks over, and he's like, that guy's, like, waving at you, like, t- 10 year old down your window. I'm like, I look out the window. I'm like, what's up? He's like, he, he rolls down the window. He's driving. We're going, like, 70 miles an hour. He's like, Wild Sweet Orange. And he's like, wild, sweet orange. And I'm like, what? And he's like, we toured together. And I'm like, oh, hey, You man, were just talking about them when they were there? I was just talking about, we were just talking about all the different bands we had toured with. Mm-hmm. And like, man, it's just crazy. You know, you never see these people yeah. again. You know, you, you spend months with them. And then you're, and then all of a sudden, also you just never see them again. And you spend that's months it. with another band. Sure, yeah. and that's it. But that's great. Yeah. That's, I just think that's funny yeah. that I just saw him it's, on a highway. That, that is really, that was it. And then you bring up your story. It up. Yeah, it's amazing. It, it, it was it, it was really important for me to uh, to be at that con to, for me to propose at that concert. And it's not how she would have ever wanted it. Right. right. Because she, uh, she's not a public person like that. Right. In front of eleven hundred people, why not? And that's how I wa- wanted to do it since like our second date. I saw totally. someone propose on stage at Taking Back Sunday. And, nice. And I was like, that, that's how I'm going to do it. That's and, how you do it. And she stayed with Fillmore. you. Everything's good. Yeah, she, she did it. Yep, exactly. Perfect. It was at the Fillmore, and it was your uh, your as band. We both love you guys. And, Amazing. And it um, and another coincidence about it was um, it was our uh, one year and 14 month anniversary Ooh, date still ain't as well something so, like that yeah uh, you know that's great to your lyric as totally. well totally so I mean it just had to be then and, and it happened and that's amazing and so thanks for for you know being a part of our thank <laughs> you for being together. a part no I'm glad I'm glad so, that that that, that, you, that that's all working that's amazing totally that's amazing <laughs> well Dan thank you for doing the interview yeah. today with, with Concert Pipeline I really appreciate it and uh, thank you for having me knock them out knock them dead out there and then show alright <laughs> sounds good sounds good thank you
This is Daniel Leyes from the band Augustana, and you're listening to the Concert Pipeline podcast. So that was the interview with Dan Leyes from Augustana. Uh, really great guy, really um, down to earth, and put on a really great show at the Great American Music Hall uh, that night. So uh, it was a, it was a lot of fun, and Twin Forks opened up the show, and um, and that is Chris Caraba's band. Um, and so I'm gonna kind of wind it down with a story or two here. Um, from the, the show. We were supposed to have an interview with Chris Caraba from uh, Twin Forks. Um, that's what we originally said was going to be on this episode of Concert Pipeline. Uh, but uh, the day of, um, the manager kind of backed down. Um, Chris Caraba had been sick uh, a couple of days before and, um, and it was getting the manager sick. I mean, was getting the band sick as well. Uh, yeah, I guess that kind of happens when you're living life on the road in in a van, and uh, and I got to meet Chris at the show, um, and I um, asked him if he'd do an interview, and he said sure. Um, and when I tell this story, I mean you know no disrespect because I gotta imagine that the lifestyle is just different than um, than what I, what I know, but. Um, he seemed really cool and down to earth, and he uh, said he'd do it. You know, uh, I told him, you know, we uh, we're, we're setting one up, but uh, his manager said he was sick. He's like, yeah, yeah, I was, but uh, but I'm better now. You know, and told me to you know meet him after his set, um, and um, and just a couple of weird situations happened where uh, I, when I was supposed to meet him at his the merch table um, after his set, he had showed up there for a couple minutes to sign um, some autographs and. Um, and he did it. He was there for like four minutes and then he darted away, never to be seen again, uh, by, ended up left, leaving fans kind of mystified as to um, what happened, where he went, if he'd be back, right? They hung around for a while and then I eventually gave up at that point. Um, and, uh, and so that was, that was interesting. And um, a couple of minutes before uh, Augustana's set ended, I went out uh, out front of the venue and Chris Caraba, again from Dashboard Confessional, Further Seems Forever, and Twin Forks, uh, he was out there and he t uh, was talking to a couple of people and took, taking a couple pictures, um, and then he got a text message, which I imagine said, uh, yeah, show's ending, um, and so then he uh, told them, hey, you know, I gotta step aside for a minute, and uh, then he hopped in his van, which was right there um, with blackened windows, and not a minute later, uh, folks came rushing out of the door um, at, at the end of the concert, uh, after the encore, and. Uh, um, and leaving, and everybody left, and I, uh, I hung around um, in case uh, he wanted to do the interview. I was standing right next to him, you know, I imagine he could see me there um, and remembered that I was going to do an interview with him. Um, while I was waiting, I ended up giving a homeless person $10. Gosh, their, their uh, price is expensive these days. Um, they don't. They don't take less. They they work up a really good story. Maybe it's true about you know being a veteran and um, and being uh, sent back uh, here uh, for telling the truth and um, having an IQ of 146, um, uh, but uh, not being able to get any work. Um, 
Maybe that's true. Uh, but I paid him, I guess, because uh, he had invested so much into this story and uh, obviously wasn't going anywhere. So um, so I didn't have any singles, and um, and he was asking for $7. I upped it to 10 because uh, apparently uh, I'm that kind of sucker. So um, so Chris Caraba didn't come back out of the van in the next 15 minutes, and then I, I gave up on the interview. So, um, you know, it's just kind of weird. I mean, I would have been kind of better off uh, if he'd kind of said, no, nah, you know, I'm not feeling too well, or, you know, no, I'm pretty busy, I'm just going to hang out, or, you know, whatever. But the, the life of a pop star um, has got to be just so much, you know, different. And I think the pop side of him um, really kind of kicked in at, uh, at that point, um, you know, later in the evening. But when he was alone, um, you know, without those distractions, I think it was he was a lot cooler. So, um, so anyway... Um, that's how that, uh, that kind of went down. Um, one other story I want to kind of give uh, before we wrap up the podcast, and that's um, really about the Chipotle Cultivate Festival in San Francisco, which is coming up on June 7th at Golden Gate Park. Um, for more information, you can check out chipotlecultivate.com. Uh, but uh, um, I'm, it's a concert we're going to be covering, and um, and there's going to be some, some good bands there. Uh, Neon Trees, uh, Andrew McMahon, and the recently added headliners, um, American Authors, are going to be uh, playing. There's also going to be a lot of great food. Uh, and how do I know that the food is great uh, and uh, that the beer is awesome and that there's going to be really great wine? Well, I was invited to a media preview event um, just a couple nights ago um, where... Um, got to hang out, try the uh, Cultivate brew, have some wine from one of the wine vendors that's there, uh, have some of the most amazing barbecue, like brisket that's just so soft and like melts in your mouth almost. And I, uh, and I had, there was a popsicle that tasted like, like it was like curry flavor and it, from a uh, family-owned, uh, uh, family-owned uh, place. And, uh, and, it, and those flavors I would never kind of uh you know think that having a popsicle would cut would work out with that but it was it was really great there was a local bakery uh there i mean that had uh uh cake pops and pie pops and um some other goodies and um and it was it was great to get to talk to them and learn more about the the festival that we're going to be bringing and um and so we're going to be going to that and i'm going to bring my daughter fern um, who will be turning four on that day. Um, so we're, um, they were really cool about it too. They said we can, um, interview whatever bands we want. So we'll most likely be interviewing, um, the three man bands I mentioned before, um, have Andrew McMahon on the program again, which will be really cool and, um, and have a good time. So you should definitely check it out. Um, if, uh, if you want, it's a free festival in the park, bring your kids because there's kids areas. Uh, uh, there, I mean, a big old cotton pit for kids, with, and there's free hot dogs and uh, apple juice and milk and that sort of thing. They're really fun for the whole family. So uh, this is the second year they've had it in San Francisco, and um, and it promises to deliver. Uh, again, that's ChipotleCultivate.com uh, for more information on that. Next time on the podcast will be another really fun episode with a guest that's been on before, and that is KG. Kyle Gass from Tenacious D and formerly of Trainwreck uh, and currently of uh, the Kyle Gass Band. Uh, so uh, we're going to be seeing the Kyle Gass Band at the Catalyst in Santa Cruz. 
So another uh, venture to the catalyst uh, for Concert Pipeline, uh, where hopefully we'll have uh, better luck interviewing the van <laughs> that night, but it, sh it should be fine, and it should be uh, a lot of fun. Um, so that's coming up next time on Concert Pipeline. The podcast may come out a day late because it's uh, uh, the concert's Sunday May night, May 11, and I, I don't know if I have it up to, to, to edit um, after, after that concert and coming home that late, but... Uh, but we'll see. So that's coming up next time on Concert Pipeline. Thank you for tuning in. Again, make sure to follow Concert Pipeline on Twitter at Concert Pipeline, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Concert Pipeline pod, uh, and subscribe to the podcast. Please tell your friends, uh, get the word out because that's how we uh, keep going. So, um, so really appreciate it. Thank you again to Dan Lays from Augustana. Uh, for coming on the program again. Such a fun conversation with him, and uh, we'll catch you next time.